Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview some of the most successful people in the world, and I thank you for joining us. In just a moment, we have an elite entrepreneur join us who provides insights and guidance you can use to move along your vision path. And this show is dedicated to helping you turn your vision into reality. And we are the number one show on voiceamerica.com. Also, check us out on Apple at tonydurso.com slash Apple. And please leave a five-star review. The show is free to you and a nice review helps support us. And you get my eternal thanks. That's priceless. Start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash D-U-R-S-O to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. More details just ahead on this sponsor with a lot more info about them. So please stay tuned. Today's show is about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeg. Let's see what we can learn today. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary recap of what we went over. So stay tuned for that. Matt Poishbeg, born and raised in Hamburg, Germany, moved to Everett, Washington after finishing his BA in business, and in a few years took over the reins at Select Plastics Corporation. It's a manufacturer of plastic injection molded products with an in-house tool and die shop. A genuine passion of Matt is the support of apprenticeship programs. Matt's TED Talk and support for apprenticeship programs is a direct result of his own experiences. He finished school at the age of 16 and completed two two-year apprenticeships in Germany. Here we go. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. So glad to have you on with us today. Hi, Tony. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. The honor is mine. And this is a very unique subject because you understand apprenticeships so well. And this world, we, we, we're beginning to understand more and more how valuable mentoring is, how important it is, and the difference between night and day for so many people when they get mentored and get apprenticed. But before we get into that, Matt, and before we go into all about apprenticeships and the differences and so forth, I want to find out a little bit more about you and your journey to success. How did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Uh, my backstory, I, I think it's, it's, it's pretty cool. At, at least uh, I like telling people about it because uh, I'm actually born and raised in Germany. And uh, I came over to the United States in 1995 to start working for the company I, I still work for. So this year is my 25th anniversary. And uh, Congratulations. That's a long time to work for <laughs> the company. That, I, that's unheard of. I, I tell you, it went by so fast. I mean, I, I can't believe how, how fast. Uh, the only thing I can see every day, what has changed is uh, when I started, I had a, uh, a lot of hair. And by now, they all, all my hair is gone. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you gave your hair to the company. <laughs> That's what I tell my boss. Exactly. Yes. And, and he still has all of his. <laughs> Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, I grew up in Germany. And uh, in, in Germany, when you go to school, you actually have a choice when, when it comes to your education. You don't necessarily have to go to college. You can graduate after 10th grade and you can choose to uh, go into an apprenticeship program. And the apprenticeship is basically a hands-on learning, um, which also gives you a great education to take you into a profession in which you can become a master and, and basically stay in your whole life without adding any, for any further education to your portfolio or at, at a later point when you when you see that you need more um, uh, college education for uh, the problems you want to solve then you actually go to college and uh, you have, you earn credits and all that stuff along the way and so that's exactly what i did i started out as an apprentice to become a farmer because uh, originally when I was 16 years old, uh, I wanted to become an ag agricultural engineer. And uh, since my parents didn't have a farm of their own, I basically had to go out and do my apprenticeship on 
somebody else's farm. And so uh, on the first year I worked on a dairy farm and on my second year of the apprenticeship, I worked on a pig farm. And uh, basically I, I, I keep telling people that these two years of apprenticeship, which were at an age of 16, 17, 18, where you know, there, there was a lot of things you could shape in my personality. Um, I learned a lot of lessons uh, for the profession to be a farmer, but especially I learned a lot of life lessons. And uh, after the apprenticeship, uh, it, it turned out that my grades uh, were not good enough. So I, I didn't get into the agricultural college. And so I, I had to just uh, do my military service, which is basically something you do in Germany or did have to do in Germany at that time. And uh, uh, after that, I still didn't have good enough grades to get in. So I had to find a, a summer job, as I would call it. And uh, my hobby always was sailing. And so I found a summer job uh, in a marine hardware store in my hometown of Hamburg. And uh, I worked at the marine hardware store as a sales clerk and really liked it because it was a, a, a very small uh, shop and it basically was selling goods, but also a lot of problem solving. So a boater would come into the shop and, and would have a problem and would ask me to basically pick out of my selection of, of a variety of different parts, uh, the best solution for his problem. So after that, that uh, summer job, that, that part-time job was over, um, I, I left and you know, thought I'll go back on my path to go to the agricultural engineering degree. But the shop owner actually called me uh, a few uh, weeks later and said, hey, Matt, um, you know, we really liked uh, your, your performance here at this company. And, and uh, would you like to uh, consider to come back as a full time employee? And I said, wow, uh, that's pretty cool. I would actually like to consider that. What would you be able to offer me uh, an apprenticeship? Because uh, one of the things my mom just kept telling me over and over and over again when I when I grew up as a, as a small child was that whatever I I do I needed to get an education. And so he said, "Well, uh, let me find out." And uh, lo and behold, yes, there was an opportunity to to do an, a second apprenticeship um, to become a retail sales clerk, uh, something you would not find here in the United States, but in Germany, it's it's not that uncommon. You would never hear of somebody being apprenticed as a sales clerk. Exactly, exactly, and so. I finished that second apprenticeship another two years and uh, basically from that point forward just moved up in the ranks of that company. So from just becoming a, a sales clerk at the end uh, with a, a certificate, I then became branch manager. And uh, as the branch manager, I was in charge of purchasing all the goods for that branch yet the owner had uh, uh, several other branches. So uh, because I did a decent job on purchasing uh, uh, shortly after that, I, uh, I took on uh, the purchasing for all the other branches. And uh, eventually I, I purchased um, all the goods, uh, all the hardware goods, because we also sold clothing and, and, and footwear and stuff like that. So I was in charge of buying all the hardware goods for uh, five branches in, in the north of Germany. And when I was uh, at that level, I, I really realized at that time, I was 28 years old. I, I realized that I needed more theoretical information. I, I just did not have enough knowledge to just do my job properly. I thought I can do a better job if I know more. And uh, they offered a, a specific program for purchasing as an evening class, two times a week. And, and so I told my boss about that evening class and asked him if I could leave two times a week uh, at four o'clock in the afternoon. So basically two hours earlier than I would normally leave. And he flat out said, nope, I can't let you do that because I need you to lock up the store. And uh, nope, there's just no way to do it. Well, I was adamant about 
getting more education. And so uh, I basically decided that I would quit my job and go to college at that time because finally I had reached uh, the level where I could just get in because my grades and my credits I had built up over all these years uh, were enough to uh, get me uh, entrance in, into the college. So I walked over to his office and I said, you know, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit to go to college. And he looked me in the eye and he said, you're making the biggest mistake in your life. And that stumped me for a moment because, you know, I mean, I thought, wow, I mean, that's, that's heavy. But, you know, I was, I was determined. I had it all arranged anyways. And so I said, okay, thank you very much. And, uh, and I left and went to college. And uh, 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 I pretty much during my college period, which was actually pretty short. It, it only took me three years to get a, a degree for business administration, a bachelor's degree for business administration, specifically because I had so much work experience, so much real world experience. I could, uh, I, I, my learning was completely different from, from uh, some other students who had never been in the real world uh, before. And so applying the knowledge was just so much easier. So basically, I, I just breezed through those three years. And as you know, as a college student, you have the whole summer off. And so I thought I always wanted to do an internship outside the, of Germany. And, and I knew that even if I would go back into the uh, uh, marine hardware industry after I would get my degree, that industry in Germany is just so tiny. If I really want to grow in that industry, I would have to go uh, to America and, and see if I could work there. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeck. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that sort of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't it one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Simple. It hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now, thanks to Fundrise. They make it easy for all investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. So whether you're just starting to invest in real estate or looking to add more, our friends at Fundrise have you covered. Here's how. Fundrise is an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. Whether you're looking to add stable cash flow via dividends or prefer long-term growth through appreciation, Fundrise has you covered. To date, Fundrise manages more than $1 billion in assets for over 130,000 investors. And since 2014, the Fundrise platform has averaged 8.7 to 12.4% annual returns, and investors have earned more than $79 million in dividends alone. That's $1 billion and over 130,000 investors in just six years. Fundrise's team of real estate professionals carefully vets and actively manages all of their real estate projects. And with their easy-to-use website, you can track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via asset updates. And are you ready? You can track your investment in real time. You can watch each of your assets evolve over time. Accredited and non-accredited investors are welcome. Come one, come all. Check this out. Start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash D-U-R-S-O to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash D-U-R-S-O to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Fundrise.com slash D-U-R-S-O. You got that? All right, guys, check it out, sign up, and tell me how much you love it. 
You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeg. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Matt graduated from the Leadership Snohomish County program in 2008 and served on its board for three years. All right, and now back to the chat with Matt. And so for the summertime, I decided I will try to get an internship at one of the uh, American companies I, I had gotten to know while I was purchasing their product for the Marine Hardware Store I worked in. And so I sent out applications I think about 40 or so, and um, I got only denials. Uh, nobody had an opening, nobody was busy enough to, to hire me, and, and it was very frustrating because I, I, in my mind, I, I thought it's, they were just waiting for me to, to just come over, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but unfortunately, that was not the case. And so then somebody said, well, you have to make it a lot easier for them you you have to basically in your in your letter you have to include a return mail letter with a post with a stamp and and uh, a uh, a return envelope and everything that way they can just easily send send you the offer and i said okay and that's exactly what i did and in my store i sold for many years a, a very specific marine interior light and that interior light had the manufacturer and the manufacturer's address on it and so in in that last push of of sending out another 20 applications i sent one letter to this company who was making this interior light in uh, everett washington and believe it or not of these 20 letters this company sea dog corporation was the only company who sent a response that's amazing that actually the 20 plus the 40 before that's 60 letters right those are good odds these days <laughs> right but it gets better so there they sent me back a letter and they said matt you know we're happy to have you uh, we, we will put you to work, we'll pay you, we'll have a car for you, we'll have a place to stay for you. When can you come? Oh, I want to go too. I mean, <laughs> it, was just, it was just exactly what I was looking for. And uh, I was just beyond excitement. And, and you know, I was, I was super happy and, and basically got all my acts together and then came over here. We're talking about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeg, and you can find him at selectplastics.com. Now, let's spell that. C is S-E-A. It's a little play on words. S-E-A-L-E-C-T, plastics.com. Matt, this is really interesting, and I get how you wound up being at this company and staying there pretty much for life and doing so well, and it's because of your knowledge on apprenticeships and mentoring and the value of them. And I'm just curious in your career, you may have talked about it, but I just want to understand this vision of what made you, you, where did that come about? Because you've done a Ted talk on apprenticeships. You really know this inside and out. It's, it's almost a dying industry, I think. So, so I want to tie your vision into this now. Okay. Um, if I, can just give you a, a very short story of, of, uh, of an incident which pretty much uh, made a huge impact uh, on me during my first apprenticeship to become a farmer. About, six about three months into the apprenticeship, my boss comes up to me and, and he is furious. You can see it in his face. He is really upset and he yells at me and tells me, Matt, I will give you a thousand dollars if you quit. You, you don't hear that anymore. So that's like amazing. I know, but I mean, I was, ex I was shocked. I mean, you know, I, I thought I was doing a decent job uh, for, the, for the first three months. 
and that he felt so upset about my my lack of of uh, ability to do this job was just i was just i couldn't believe it and so what happened was that um, I was in charge of the young calves. So when the when the young calves, when the, when the cow had a calf, these young calves they be, were basically put in my care, and I had to feed them um, twice a day. And in order to feed them, I had to heat up some uh, milk and uh, bring that to a, a, a very specific temperature of hand warm. Okay, so we didn't have a thermometer. It was just stick your hand in the milk and feel when it's the right temperature. And for the life of me, I could not get this temperature right. It was either too cold or it was too warm. It was too hot. And so the calves were getting diarrhea. And so my boss had told me this, you know, over and over again. He said, Matt, you have to get this temperature right. Yes, boss, I will. Matt, you have to get this temperature right. Yes, I will. Yet I did not understand what he was actually trying to tell me and and boom you know that basically triggered this thing that you know i want you to get out of here i give you a thousand bucks leave get out of my sight so to speak and uh i i mean this this had a huge impact on 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 me at that time and it has carried me through the rest of my life and that's what uh, I think is part of apprenticeships, apprenticeships, especially when you get into them at an early age, at an age of 16, 17, it doesn't just teach you lessons for, uh, for the job. You're not just learning uh, your job, uh, you're learning life lessons. It's, it's, you know, it, it's important uh, that you pay attention during those times and it, it, it forms you um, for your future. And basically what, what happened to me from that point forward, I decided whatever I do, it, I have to give it my all. I always have to give it my best. And of course my best is different every day, but it doesn't matter. I have to give my best and then nobody can come up to me and say, hey, you know, you're, you're not cut out for this or, or whatever. Uh, or, or if they do, okay, then I just can't do it. And so it, it, it made a huge impact on me. And so that kind of put me on this trajectory that uh, I believed that apprenticeships are just a, a great form of education, uh, especially since you uh, start at an earlier age and you don't have to go to college and then eventually enter the workforce when you're maybe 22, 24 years old and really have not gained any kind of real world experience. All you have is at that time, more or less book knowledge. But I know exactly what you mean. Didn't the world run on apprenticeships centuries ago? And what do you think happened? That is exactly right. So in Germany, we say that apprenticeships are the backbone of the middle class. And uh, uh, in, in Germany, it, the system is, is totally set up like that. And if you look at the value of, of people who do not have college degrees on the social ladder, so to speak, they have no problem. They have, they have a very high position on that social ladder because a, a, a profession, a trade or like a retail sales or a banker, uh, which is also an apprenticeship in Germany, has, has a very good income. You can have a good uh, living with that and achieve a whole bunch of, of, of your dreams, so to speak, uh, without to go to college. Uh, and uh, you're contributing basically as, as a 16 year old right away because you're, you're working 40 hours and you're getting paid 40 hours and uh, you're, you're not spending your life uh, until you're 24, uh, 20, uh, 22 or 24 years old living maybe at home or, or in a, a college dorm and, and all the money you're making with jobs is just going to your, your school and you're not necessarily contributing to, uh, um, to society, so to speak. You know, while you were saying this, I was just thinking just, just last week, my wife was talking about one of, one of her, one of the people that she works with, one of her coworkers who talked about a recent job they had before they came into the industry where my wife works. And this person got a job as a medical receptionist where you, where you greet the, 
greet the patient coming in and you take care of all their information or whatever, get them set up, you get them to fill out the forms, you get payments or whatever. And this person started this job. And when the person got there, there was nobody there to show this person. So she called up the one that hired her and she was told, just figure it out. She quit, of course, after a little while, but it was like, that's where apprenticeships and mentorships have gotten to some point. Just like you, you show for a job, there's no one there to show you. Just figure it out. It's like, how does this, how did this happen in this society? Why is it a care factor? Is it a deterioration of the culture? Why, why aren't people taught and really put through the paces so that they know what they're doing? This is the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeck. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Everyone has opportunities come at them. They are there. In fact, there are people making literal millions and billions of dollars during the current worldwide situation right now. Yes, really. So get on some fresh eyes, look around you, and jump in on our free mastermind at tonydurso.com slash three day. That's the number three and the letters D-A-Y. tonydurso.com slash three day. It's all designed to help you get to the next level and beyond. And of course, it's nice to have a free three-day, four-night hotel vacation just about anywhere in the world, which I'll tell you more about in a moment. This mastermind is free for you as I help sponsor this to bring this to you. People like you need this in this time. People like you need something like this more than ever. The three-day masterclass takes place September 28, 29, and 30. It happens at 5 p.m. PST, which is 8 p.m. EST. You can register at tonydurso.com slash three-day. You can attend as my guest, and you can also bring a guest as well. When you graduate, you're going to get a free three-day, four-night hotel vacation just about anywhere in the world. You can get all the details and see how we do it inside the membership. Plus, you're going to get all kinds of bonuses and rewards. We gamified the whole thing. We're giving away a ton of actual, real prizes, cash, and some camera kits and studio lighting, all kinds of cool stuff just because it's a give back. We're going to empower 10,000 people to start their new business. And if you don't have a business, you can have one by the end of the three-day masterclass. If you've never generated leads online or clients online, you're going to do it. Now, this is a little experimental, but we have solid proof with great workability. And we don't leave anybody behind. You'll see it happen in real time. If you currently are generating leads online, we're going to show you an unbelievable way to break the ice with your prospects so that will dramatically increase your conversions. It's pretty awesome. You've never experienced anything like this before, unless you've been to one of our masterclasses before. But if you have, you've never been on one with 10,000 people. I mean, I'm excited to do this. We've never had 10,000 on a masterclass. We've never done anything this big before. So we're excited to bring the heat as well. And it'll be fun to have you and your guests there too. And we look forward to meeting all of you live on the masterclass. It's gonna be a lot of fun, guys. Register at tonydurso.com slash three day. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Tony D'Urso Show with special VIP guests. Now back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeck. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this, and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. In May of 2014, Matt joined the Village Theater Board, a calling due to his passion for the performing arts and musical theater. And now back to the chat with Matt. I, I've heard many different theories, and... Um, uh, one of the theories I have is that at some point in time um, here in the United States, uh, specifically because it's not so dominant in Europe, that it was said that an individual is only successful with a college degree. And in my mind, you know, that's how then our education system 
got changed to more or less send every student to college. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so many reasons, you know, and, and, and unfortunately I cannot uh, all pinpoint them, but uh, somebody told me it started as early as the uh, Vietnam War because you did not get drafted if you were in college. But if you were just an apprentice or, or a tradesman somewhere, that did not protect you from being drafted. Another reason is back then we had a lot of vocational training, as it was called back then. Now it is called CTE, uh, Career Technical Education in our uh, K-12 system. And uh, again, um, it, it was said back then that Oh, if, if you're uh, more a hands-on learner, if you, if you go into an apprenticeship or um, if you're more CTE uh, or vocational, you're, you're, not as, you're not smart enough uh, to go to academic, uh, to go to college or, or get an academic education. And so all those, all those stereotypes per se, uh, I think, uh, were part of the reason that it was decided that uh, uh, every child has to be able to go to college and out of that every child has to be able to go to college came every ch child has to go to college and so then the education system got changed that now everything is, is laid out that you're you're more or less completely uh, uh, sidelined the, the hands-on training in schools. The shop classes have disappeared in, in many schools um, and, and everybody has to uh, get their uh, 24 credits to graduate high school in order to go to college right out of high school. And uh, in my mind, that has set, up, ha has set us up with this huge um, skills uh, lack of skills crisis and that we do not have a pipeline of workers um, who are coming in to fill all the jobs of all the retirees because you know as you know uh, the baby boomers are are, are retiring um, uh, at, at large numbers and uh, as they retire they take with them all all the knowledge um, they have gained throughout their whole life and if, if we don't have a way to capture that by them mentoring a, an apprentice, so to speak, um, it's lost. It's lost forever. You know, I also think of when I go to Europe, I, which I love going throughout all of Europe. And one of my passions is all the old buildings, all the cathedrals, and just marveling at they're still around hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of years later. and. Nobody builds buildings like that anymore, Matt. Just absolutely no. I mean, you're talking about amazing cathedrals, intricate, huge ceilings, you know, 20, 30, 50, 100 feet tall inside. And yet today, you know, you look at churches. I saw a church, a new church built, and you would not believe it. It, was, it looks like a box. And I'm like, where is this technology gone for building? Even that has gone down, and, and I, 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 that's what I believe is a deterioration of apprenticeships because who knows how to build these cathedrals anymore? Who knows how to build such intricate, elaborate structures? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's dying out. Uh, if you remember when Notre Dame in Paris uh, uh, caught on fire, and, uh, and, and basically, you know, fortunately, they, they put that fire out uh, sooner than later, they only had one uh, company uh, who had or has these craftsmen who are going to be able to restore um, Notre Dame to possibly to this to the way it was before. I think it's like 16 uh, individuals uh, worldwide who are left to do this task uh, because nobody else has the knowledge and skill to, to do this, this type of uh, masonry and, and type of uh, uh, design work, uh, uh, old school, so to speak, you know, because everybody is, is now learning uh, how to do things on the computer, how to do them fast, how to do them, uh, how to 3D print them with the computer, but not necessarily do anything with their hands. 
And so, you know, again, that's where apprenticeships are necessary because you can't learn everything in college. Some of the skills you have to basically spend the time and learn it on the job. And you know what, Matt, on the flip side, which is what most of my show is about, and I don't mean it in a bad way, is we focus on entrepreneurs and helping them succeed in their life, focus on small business owners, and we do hit upon career-minded people. This show is very good for career-minded people. But we really, really help give people the tools that allow them to create their own life, to generate their own income, and, and take their business up, or take their idea up, take their passion to a higher level. And when you look at that, that in a way promotes the deterioration of an apprenticeship type system. So we do get mentored. We get we have coaches and consultants that help us with our business. All businesses will succeed and statistically succeed faster with a mentor. But the apprenticeship part, that's that's just dying out of society. And I know you're a big advocate for this. So let me ask you, what can we really do? And what's what's real in this society? As you say, we have 3D printers and we're all electronic people. What can be done? What do you recommend? So if, if I uh, could step back for a second and, and tell you what happened here uh, uh, at my company uh, at Select Plastics in 2013. Up until that time, as we are plastic injection molders, we also have uh, mold makers working for us who build the uh, injection molds for plastic injection molding. And up until that time, we were able to uh, find mold makers, hire skilled mold makers with experience and, and do the job which was needed. Uh, however, over all these years I've been with this company, none of the mold makers left uh, to go to work somewhere else. They basically all retired because even, even in 2013, the average age of the mold makers working here at Select was 66 years old. I think the oldest one uh, left when he was 72 years old. And so when uh, my mold maker in in 2013 told me that he's thinking of retiring and I started advertising for his job, I just had no response. I I had no response on my ads, uh, my paper ads, my internet ads, my posts on the websites, on on, uh, forums and stuff like that. I then hired a headhunter, Nothing, absolutely no success, which then kind of put me into a a, a panic situation because uh, in order to run our business, we we really need a mold maker on staff, even though uh, at that time we were not building molds anymore, uh, but we need them on staff to do all the repair and maintenance modifications and so forth for the existing molds uh, we purchased from, uh, uh, to be honest with you, from overseas. And so at that time, I basically remembered that in Germany, that, you know, uh, mold makers are, are apprentices and there's just no other way to get them uh, as to train them yourself. And, uh, I wanted to start my own training program. And so I connected with the uh, Department of uh, Labor and Industries, which in our state oversees the registered apprenticeship programs. And they said, yeah, that can be done, but you have to be cautious because you have to follow some very strict guidelines because uh, a registered apprenticeship as a tool and die maker carries a lot of weight, which means if you get your journeyman card after a five-year apprenticeship, you are uh, eligible to use that certification in every single state in, 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 in America. Um, it, it really carries. It, it's it's an it's, it's a accepted, valued certification. And so they said, you know, there is this organization out there uh, which is called AJAC, the Aerospace Joint Apprenticeship Committee, and AJAC has a tool and die maker program. So you may want to connect with them and see if they can help you. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeg. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. 
Do you like to zone in sometimes on a good story that just takes you away from the world? We all need that sometimes, right? Here's a good book recommendation for you. I'm announcing a book that I've worked on for years with my co-author, SKR, and the title is I'm in of Atlantis. The Pursuit is the first book, volume one. It's a trilogy. We've spent years on this. It's been a labor of love. The first book is now available at TonyDurso.com slash books. And the second book is following in another week or so. It's a fiction story of what happened in Atlantis once upon a time. And there are multiple storylines that merge and converge together. Some of the key players are Bomo, Roni of Imanhera, Crown Prince Ivan, Radon, Prince Corin, And it involves the main kingdoms of Karen, Carthinia, and a plot against Bodon. You would think this has to do with contemporary times, but it was never written for that purpose. This first book is about the love of money, especially gold, and what people and rulers will do to get as much as they can. What is the Aiman? Who are they? Once a powerful race, the Aiman captured and dominated every nation and territory on the four landmasses of Atlantis until none were left. War was a form of sport and no one presented a challenge great enough for them. It wasn't until they reached the final conquest when the divine intervention, personified as a messenger, was sent by the Creator to offer an ultimatum. The Aiman were given a choice to set down their weapons forever in exchange for the gifts of healing and regain their spiritual powers. Most accepted this ultimatum, and those who refused perished as predicted. The abilities of the Aiman? Well, you'll have to read the books and see what they can do. They can do some things that are beyond amazing and beyond our reality. Go to Tony, D-U-R-S-O, dot com slash books and get the pursuit i think it's going to leave you breathless thanks and happy reading you're listening to the tony dierso show with special vip guests now back to tony and his guest all right we're back on the tony dierso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path let's see what we can learn today Today's show is about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeg. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this, and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. You can reach out to Matt about all aspects of injection molding and tooling. His specialty is product design, engineering, prototypes, and pricing for molds and production. And now back to the chat with Matt. And so that's exactly what I did. I connected with Ajak and... Uh, uh, they had the program I was looking for, and all I needed was an apprentice, which uh, uh, luck again uh, was on my side. Just a few weeks after I ha- had found this out, uh, a young man stopped by, and he was just laid off by a- another company, and he had worked as a as a, a, a plastics guy who was just helping um, to set up molds to get ready for for the run. And so he had some some basic, very basic knowledge about about plastic injection molds and and mold making and stuff like that. And so I said, you know, um, I would love to hire you, but what do you think if if you're if you're taking on this apprenticeship opportunity and, and become a tool and die maker in five years? And uh, he looked at it and he said, sure, let's do it. And so he was our first apprentice and uh, has now uh, basically graduated over the years, but. Uh, that was the initial uh, initial uh, uh, starting point which got me into apprenticeships got me to know ajac and and basically again got me on this uh, trajectory of of uh, i'm not just training apprentices i'm actually taking this on and becoming an advocate for apprenticeships because I'm, I'm a success product of apprenticeship education. I know how it works. I, I've, I've done two apprenticeships myself and, and it got me to, uh, to this position right here. Now I'm running a company. If I can do it, other people can do it. And uh, I just need to explain to educators, to other businesses, to parents, to students, what apprenticeship is all about and how uh, to get into it and uh, uh, basically help this this skills gap crisis and avoid people going to college, spending a ton of money, finding out after they're done that either they don't have a job or they can't find a job or the job they will find still doesn't pay them enough so that they can pay back their student loans. 
You know, Matt, one thing about apprenticeships and the way it's the way it was done before, the way you're doing it now, is it has a very unique job security that we just don't see anymore because this person is so knowledgeable and so specialized and understands such an important component of a company. It's sort of like a complete job security. Correct. Yes. Which is also always very, very good because when you hear of people working so many years, it's unheard of. The You know, today people maybe a year, maybe two years or so it seems, unless they're an entrepreneur and they've got a successful company they're taking off. We don't hear of people working long stints at a company anymore. Just don't hear about it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it has gotten rare. I also wanted to ask, you have several apprenticeships happening at your company, which is very unique. How many apprenticeships do you have running right now? Just curious. So currently we have six apprentices. We have three apprentices in our tool and die department, which is a five-year apprenticeship program. And we have three apprentices as plastics process technicians, which is a four-year program. And then we're, uh, we have one opening uh, for a youth apprentice, which is a, a program which gets the individual in uh, who is still in high school. So that could be a 16 or 17 year old uh, individual. So let me understand this. A, a, a kid in high school, male or female, I presume, that is interested in molding, tool and die and so forth can actually concurrent with their studies, can actually start an, edu- uh, a, an apprenticeship. They'd have to be in the city where one of your companies are. Is that correct? That is correct. So you have to be uh, basically in, in, in a, a distance to our facility that you can reach us. Uh, you know, even if you have to use public transportation, you have to be able to, to get here on time because, again, that's, that's something you would learn on, uh, on the job that uh, you have to be on time and you have to follow directions. And so not every uh, 16-year-old yet has their own transportation. So public transportation is basically uh, very important. So I work with uh, three school districts who are basically all around uh, the city of Everett and one uh, skill center, which is also in very close distance of Everett. And they basically have a selection process where they vet interested male or female uh, who want to uh, become youth apprentices and then send me uh, their dossiers, so to speak, uh, their application dossiers. And then I invite them to, uh, uh, to do a tour and, uh, uh, and then basically have a one-on-one interview. And uh, through that process, uh, I make my choice or uh, most of the time I let them choose us because, believe it or not, those those kids, which and I call them kids, I shouldn't. But uh, those youth who who have uh, come through over the last three years have been all incredible. I mean, they have the right attitude. They want to work with their hands and uh, uh, they all did a great job so far. Matt, I like the fact that you choose them because they choose you because they want to do it their hearts in it as opposed to you choosing them i really actually like that it's a different focus and i'm curious is this only done at everett washington or does your corporation have other locations where apprenticeships are also available so this is done uh, through the organization ajac and if you don't mind i would like to to talk about them for a little bit um, because Ajac is kind of unique uh, for the state of Washington. When you look across the country, most of the states who offer apprenticeship programs, they came about those programs through large corporations who basically went to their public officials and said, we need skilled workers. What are you going to do about it? And uh, they, because they had a lot of uh, uh, leverage through offering employment, so to speak, and, you know, other uh, pay taxes and so forth, they usually get what they wanted. And this exact thing also happened here in our state in 2008, that in our state, the Boeing company, who's uh, our largest employer, went to our government officials and said, you know, what are you going to do about it? And fortunately, here, they then founded AJAC as the Aerospace Joint Apprenticeship Committee. And it has aerospace in the name. 
But fortunately, when they set up uh, this organization as a nonprofit, they brought uh, to the table educators, union uh, representatives, employer representatives, uh, community college representatives, but they didn't give either one party the, the, the control. Uh, they, they put in an executive director and that executive director basically built this organization. So we all have a vote, uh, but none of us are uh, treated uh, preferably. And so because of AJAC and because it's so unique, I, I totally became an advocate of AJAC and, and decided I will uh, go out and, and promote AJAC and the youth apprenticeship because through the AJAC organization, um, we can sign up youth apprentices uh, throughout the whole state of Washington and not just in Everett. And uh, uh, since you need a school district to participate, uh, originally it was difficult to actually find a district which had, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the adequate career technical education classes, CTE classes or shop classes to uh, support a program like that. Uh, but over the years, we started this in 2016, over the years from initially 14 youth apprentices in 16, we now had uh, 65 youth apprentices for the whole state of Washington in 2019. So we're pretty happy with the growth and we're, we're of course, you know, pushing. So hopefully uh, in 2020, we're, we're getting to more like the uh, 100 to 150 youth apprentices throughout the state. And this is across the state, uh, the, across the whole state of Washington. That's fantastic, Matt. What a nice comeback for apprenticeships. That is great. And one last question here. We've talked about so much. One more time, my audience is composed of entrepreneurs, mid-sized businesses, and so forth. We're always looking for something else to take away. And I'm just curious if you have any other great resources that you would like to share with our audience, Success Squad. Yes, uh, I, I think a very important point is that when I go out and, and uh, meet with other employers at the employer roundtables and we talk about uh, youth apprenticeships or apprenticeships in general, the immediate answer I usually get is, uh, why should I train the workforce for my competition? And uh, that's something which seems to be very unique for America because in Germany or Europe, because everybody trains, you, you may lose a trained worker, but you also get a trained worker back. And they are not just training for the, the workforce they are keeping, they're training in general. And maybe then they only, let's say they're training five apprentices, graduating apprentices, they may be only keeping two of them. Three of those five, they will go out and work for other employers. And so once we make the shift that we all start training, then we don't have to worry about this, this fact that, you know, we're, we're training for our competitor. But on the other hand, there's uh, some uh, very interesting ROI studies out there that actually over the course of the apprenticeship, the employer gets the investment back of uh, the, the training. Because when the apprentice starts, he starts he or she usually starts at a higher uh, wage than uh, an unskilled worker. And when the, the person finishes at the end of the apprenticeship, uh, he makes a good journeyman wage. In the beginning, there is a deficit because the person has trained a lot and, and needs a lot of attention. Towards the middle of the apprenticeship, that kind of shifts. And towards the end of the apprenticeship, the journeyman level person is bringing in a lot of uh, 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 work, uh, but is still not being paid fully as, as a uh, uh, as a skilled worker would be paid. So there's your return. And uh, we did this research actually uh, here at Select and uh, we have monetary proof that uh, our payback is there uh, financially for every apprentice. 
So employers, uh, please trust me on this. Uh, an, an apprenticeship is, is beneficial for you in many, many ways. Not to mention that you, you give your uh, employees uh, more opportunity to grow in your company. Um, and so they will feel better as they feel better and learn more. They become more valuable. And as they become more valuable, they will stay longer with you because you're willing to pay them more. Once again, we're talking about mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeg, and you can find him at selectplastics.com. Matt, this is very, very interesting on talking about mentoring and apprenticeships, and I'm so glad that apprenticeships are making a comeback. We need that because we don't want to walk by and see, you know, cars and doors and computers and things no longer being made because that technology is gone. We've already lost some of that technology on for example, cathedrals, as mentioned earlier. I don't want to lose any more. So guys, check this out and see about apprenticing for whatever you guys build in your company, whatever great ideas. Think about posterity and having that endure. Matt, thank you. This was very much an eye-opener. I really loved it. Thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate it very, very much. And and for everybody out there who wants to uh, just uh, learn more uh, about apprenticeships, I have a TEDx talk out there uh, about the value of apprenticeships. So it's on YouTube. Please feel free to uh, uh, take a look at that as well. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs. Thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. I hope this was as inspiring for you as it was for me to do this interview. I learned so much about mentoring and apprenticeships with some great ideas I'm going to chat about in a second. The insights are so valuable. So how did you like it? Mentoring and apprenticeships with Matt Poishbeg. At 16 years old, he started an apprenticeship program in Germany to become a farmer and eventually an agriculture engineer. I love how he got offered a full-time job and he asked for an apprenticeship in order to be able to do it. The job being a full-time sales clerk. You can see how he climbed the ladder at his company by not just doing a good job, but by wanting to learn more so that he could do better. Do you see the difference there? Here's where education plays a pivotal role in performing anything, including something new that us entrepreneurs are so good at starting. You can also see this in his resolve to quit his manager job in order to go to college. That's quite a bold feat for a young person to do. And here's another person that was given a company car as part of the job offer. Steve Snyder was another whom I recently interviewed. This isn't done anymore these days and the times have changed, but it's so interesting to see how it was done decades ago. There's always something to learn about how businesses conducted themselves in the past. I truly love Matt's work ethics. I see how his agriculture fiasco shaped his life also, making him want to learn more and get apprenticed in order to do a good job. That's a bit different from what we see in today's times. A person who's fired doesn't necessarily develop this kind of mindset. Were you ever fired from a job? Maybe once? Maybe more? Did that change your mindset on becoming better in the world of business? Think about it for a moment. This interview is here to help you improve and get your business to the next level. It's good to spend time on past failures and learn from those experiences. After all, any failures are there to help you learn to become a future success, right? I sure hope you think so because that is really how it is. There are no failures, only experiences that we can use to make ourselves better. Did you ever get apprenticed at anything in business? And if so, are you still in that field? Do you hire? And if so, what's your system to mentor and apprentice people so that they can do their best for your company? As you've heard, I talk about this as a care factor that we don't see anymore today. People showing up for work as a new hire are not shown what they need to be shown, and they're just told to figure it out. That doesn't seem to last long, does it? What do you think happened along the way that brought about such a major change of apprenticeships? And it's amazing that buildings of the past are no longer able to be built today, for example. There's so much more I got out of this interview. What did you get? I'd love to know how you use this information to help you in your business or career. Now grab hold of your vision, decide you're either going to start something great or take it to the next level. You have to decide first. It always starts with a decision. And you can get my vision map to help you along the process. The ebook is at tonydurso.com slash books. And you can pick up the audio version and the training class too. Highly recommended. I created my empire in just a few years. That's all it took. I had the vision map as my guide. I wrote it up so that you can now do it too. 
Let's help you move on your journey to success. And once again, check us out at tonydurso.com slash apple. And if you like what you hear, how about a five-star review? Much thanks. Thanks and remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of The Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 